Please take a seat. Continuing on our theme of disciples on a mission and looking at the practices or the habits, the disciplines that would characterize us as people who seek to share the love that we have found in Jesus Christ. In these last five weeks, we're looking at five different habits or disciplines. Uh, We began with generosity. We then thought about receiving and sharing God's spirit, praying for others. We thought about asking questions. Last week, uh, Tim talked about calling. And the beginning letters of those words are G-R-A-C. So today we need an E. And for E, we have eating together. And so together, these practices spell uh, grace. What does it mean to be grace-filled at disciples on a mission? Eating together, spending time together in fellowship, uh, sharing food, sharing our lives with one another, with one another in the church and with those who are outside the fellowship of faith. Paul writes this in his letter to the church in Thessalonica. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Paul's concern was not just to share a message. He wasn't just a preacher. I've got some information in my head. I want to get it out of my head and into your head. But he wanted to share his life with his hearers. Jesus was the same. A man comes looking to find out more about him, discover who he is. He's a short man and so he climbs a a high tree. Jesus spots him amongst the crowd. He looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down. I must tell you something, that I have a story for you, that I have a, a witty anecdote. No. Come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. One of the things that strikes you as you read through the Gospels is how important meals are in the life of Jesus. He has a great reputation for eating and drinking with the wrong kind of people. He often uses the imagery of meals to illustrate what the kingdom of heaven is like. A celebration when the prodigal son returns, banquets, wedding feasts. Today we gather to celebrate communion together. What did Jesus give us to remind us of his presence with us? What did Jesus give us to remind us of his offering for us? He gave us a meal to share together. Do this in remembrance of me. Meals are important. Meals are important not just in the life of the church, but in family life. That's why so many of us fight the good fight to get our teenagers out of their bedroom, off their phone, and at the dinner table. But why are meals so important? Well, when we share food with others, a bond is made. As we share together, as we uh, eat, that bond is strengthened and built up. As you eat, you talk. As you talk, you share. As you share, you open your lives up to one another. 
came across this quote from Mother Teresa, speaking about the West and what she saw in the West as she ministered in India. And she said this, The greatest disease in the West today is not TB or leprosy. It is being unwanted, unloved and uncared for. We can cure physical diseases with medicine, but the only cure for loneliness, despair and hopelessness is love. There are many in the world who are dying for a piece of bread, but there are many more dying for a little love. The poverty in the West is a different kind of poverty. It's not only a poverty of loneliness, but also of spirituality. There is a hunger for love, as there is a hunger for God. In a few moments we'll uh, sing, As the deer pants for the water. And that uh, chorus is based on a psalm, it's Psalm 42. And the the psalm uh, goes on like this, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. There is a hungriness in the human heart. A hungriness for fellowship. For fellowship with God. Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee, said St. Augustine. But also a hungriness for companionship, for friendship, for fellowship. That's why meals are important. As I said, meals were important in the life of Jesus. It's been estimated that just looking at the books of Luke and Acts, written by uh, the same author, by Luke the Doctor, at least one in every five verses is related to a meal that Jesus is having or the church is sharing together. Meals were, uh, uh, social meals were a dominant mark of Jesus' life and ministry. They're a strong feature of the life of the early church. I counted ten meals in Luke's Gospel. There's a banquet at Levi's house to which tax collectors and sinners are invited. There's a dinner at Simon's house where, again, there's Pharisees and other guests and uh, particularly of note, a sinful woman. There's the feeding of the 5,000, a meal of great extravagance. There is hospitality at the home of Mary and Martha, a quiet, intimate setting. There was another dinner at a Pharisee's house. There was a Sabbath at another Pharisee's house. Uh, There was this meeting with Zacchaeus where we assume when they went back to uh, Zacchaeus' house, a table was spread uh, for Jesus. There is, of course, the Last Supper at which the disciples attend. And then there's the breaking of bread on the Emmaus Road where Jesus reveals himself uh, to two of his followers from Jerusalem. Looking through this list of meals, looking at the example of Jesus, you see there's two sort of distinct groups who Jesus ministers to through sharing food with them. Firstly, there's those who want to know who Jesus is. There's the outsiders, the Pharisees, the sinful woman, the tax collectors, the crowd, Zacchaeus. Outsiders at every end of the social scale, 
from the very rich, the tax collector, to the very poor, the prostitute. One thing that unites them, although they're of very different backgrounds, is they're all asking questions of Jesus. Who are you? What are you here for? What are you doing? And Jesus breaks bread with them. Some of them coming in desperation to find out who he is. Some of them coming with words of accusation. How dare you do this? A meal takes the sting out of those encounters. A friend of mine uh, who was a curate, it's not me. Sometimes we tell stories about friends of us and we're really, we're talking about, this is not me, this really is uh, a friend of mine. Um, When he was a curate, he had a vicar. And there was some conflict in the church. And uh, the vicar's tactic, which my curate, uh, not my curate, the curate who's my friend, uh, told me about, was um, he used to, the, the, the vicar would invite the people who were upset around for a meal. And uh, he would say to them, okay, tell me what the problem is. Tell me what's on your heart. And just as they're about to let rip, he would give them a massive slice of chocolate cake. And uh, my friend who's a curate learned that it's really difficult to be angry at somebody <laughs> when your mouth is full of the most delicious chocolate cake. I'll leave that one with you. <clears throat> and if I come to visit and you serve me up chocolate cake, I know what's going on. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? A meal, it takes the sting out of those encounters. Jesus softened the hearts of the Pharisees as he, as he broke bread with them. We run the Alpha course here, and part of the Alpha course's great success is it gives people a chance to eat together, share together, ask questions, find out more who Jesus is. No pressure, unhurried, at your own pace. But Jesus had a different uh, kind of ministry of meals as well. His life was marked by meals with believers. There are many times when he gathered with just two or three, where he would have a respite from his public ministry at the home of Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. We would take out at the home, uh, take time out at the home of Simon Peter. Quiet time with those who were close to him. We would strengthen them and encourage them, eat with them, share with them, and pray for them. I think these two types of meals should mark our life as a church together. I have a challenge uh, for all of us. There are seven days in a week and most of us have three meals a day. Uh, Breakfast, lunch and dinner. Or where I grew up, uh, breakfast, dinner and tea. 21 meals a week. 21 opportunities a week. Ministry wasn't something that Jesus did apart from his normal life. Ministry was something that took place in the midst of Jesus's normal life. So here's the challenge. Look at those 21 meals that you'll have this coming week or the week after. And think of somebody who you could invite around to just one of those. Somebody who's not a Christian. Somebody who doesn't go to church. Somebody who might have 
questions as to who Jesus is. Somebody you like. Somebody who likes you. Invite them round for breakfast or for dinner or for tea. Spend some time with them that you would normally spend alone or just uh, with your family. Enjoy sharing food with them. Maybe share some thoughts with them. Give them time and space to share their thoughts with you. Just an ordinary meal. Not a, not a big uh, banquet, not a special occasion. Do that this next week or the week after. Occasionally people will ask me, what's your strategy for reaching Bridgeford? I love questions like that. <laughs> tell me, tell me, Vicar, what's your strategy? What's your strategy for reaching Bridgeford? There's 37,000 people living in Bridgeford. There's about 1,000 of those who go to different churches. What's our strategy? What's our strategy for reaching the other 36,000? Well, part of my strategy is this. Imagine the opportunities for mission if every Christian household, every week, invited one non-Christian for a meal. Every Christian family, every week, inviting a friend or a neighbour, somebody who's not involved in the life of the church, around for a meal. Think of the mission opportunities that would arise. Here's another challenge. Think about how we eat together as Christians. As I've said, Jesus ate together with the disciples. The early church ate together as they met in uh, people's homes. We eat together formally each week. We've gathered together here today to uh, share a meal. We gather around the table, as we call it. These are our formal gatherings. This is our formal meal. But what about those informal gatherings? What about those times where we meet up uh, midweek? Perhaps meet up for a coffee. Some of us meet up for breakfast. Perhaps you're able to grab a lunch or to grab a meal um, after work. What about those informal times when we meet together as Christians? Some of us love those times. We live for those times. We, we can't wait to get together with others uh, from church. Others of us are terrified. We find those kind of encounters uh, really, really difficult. If we're a community of people who love one another, we'll be a community of people who share our lives with one another. So can I encourage you to make the most of those times? When you meet together for meals or coffee or whatever it is, don't just let it be just another meal. Spend a few moments after the meal where you ask one another a question. Is there anything I can pray for you? Is there anything I can do for you? Be prepared to share what is going on in your life. Yes, this is what's going on in my life. This is what you could pray for. This is how you could support me. 21 meals a week. 21 opportunities to share the good news of Christ in a very simple way by being who we are in the comfort of our own homes. 
21 opportunities to strengthen and encourage our brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you today and each and every day for the gift of our Lord Jesus Christ and the gift of your Spirit. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to be people who, like Paul, long to share our lives with each other. Like Jesus, want to share our lives with those who do not know you. We pray you give us the grace and the courage and the opportunity to do this. To the glory of your Son, our Lord. Amen.